Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have comedian and podcaster Rome Davis. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I appreciate you having me. How y'all feeling? I'm I'm good, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm tired as can be. Like <laughs> I've I've had today. Uh, I got you, and then another person I'm recording with. Then yesterday I had two people, and then being a teacher, you still you know got to do stuff after school. So yeah, brother, tired. Like <laughs> tomorrow, and then tomorrow I'm on somebody else's podcast. So it's like all week I'm just working. So at some point I get some rest, but I'm tired. But before we get into our conversation, um, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan. It's my personal brand, me and my son. Positive energy through your clothes. If you use the promo code underdog talk and underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G talk, you get 15% off the pie. I mean, that's a podcast, but the website is www.christiandewan is spelled D-E-J-U-A-N dot com and you get 15% off you use that promo code so we have Mr. Rome Davis he's a comedian now I'm not a comedian but I think I'm pretty funny I think I'm a a funny guy but I want to I got good questions to ask because I told people when I get there with the money one day I'm going to do stand up just do one just to try it out just to see if you know how it would go so how did you get started being a comedian? Was it something you've been funny since a kid? Something you grew to love as you got older? How did that go for you? I was always funny. Uh, I was always funny when I was a kid, even as an adult. Um, back in 2018, my uncle passed. I was real close with him. I used to go hang out with him, and uh, he always was giving me like we would meet up once a week and have these talks. Um, so uh, for New Year's Eve, if you know, if you ever been to a black church, you know, they do like this whole thing. We got to bring in the flowers and stuff for New Year's Eve. Well, my mom and dad wouldn't go to the Funny Bone, uh, the Virginia Beach Funny Bone, and I was gonna sit in the house. I was like, I don't want to go out. So uh, they ended up going to the church, but they gave me the tickets, and I had took a, a friend with me, and Godfrey was performing. And at the Virginia <laughs> Beach, at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone, which is the 757's biggest comedy club, um, and they have a comedy school there. It had a sign that said, no comedy school classes starting like January or something like that. And I saw Godfrey perform, and I remember I was just, standing like in the the lobby the bar area and he just walks past me he said you gonna sign up for i said i'm thinking about it he said you should do it so uh i started i went to comedy school i did six weeks of comedy school um in 2019 and i ain't looked back since that's funny i seen um i actually seen him this year i seen him when he came here to indianapolis he's funny like he's he's hilarious like I seen him like, you know how you see people on the internet or on shows, but then sometimes in person they're not as funny. But yeah, he's definitely a funny guy. So that's that's dope. I like to be honest, I didn't really think of it having like comedy school. Like I ain't I figure you just go and uh you know, you do uh 
work on your craft at home or however, and then you just go to like shows or whatever. So what did uh, like comedy school consist of? What did you actually like have to do to, you know, during that time? Man, let me tell you. <laughs> in six weeks, uh, the first week you get a tech, you know, it's like an introduction course. The class is like 250. And um, the first class, I had a friend that was supposed to go with me, different female friend. And uh, she didn't pull up. She's like, I can't make it or something. So I went with my pops. Now, I'm 30 at the time. And I got my 58-year-old father going down to a comedy school with me because my nerves was bad. And I'm like, I don't know. So this man come up to me. We, me and my pops, we just chilling. And we, we walking out the class. Hey, if you really going to do it, I'm going to pay half. I said, oh, okay. You know, because I ain't had 250 at the time. So... I bet. So I just got coming with a, a cool 125. He paid the course. I can rock with it. So uh, the first, they give you like this little textbook. They give you, you know, week by week stuff. It, it's not really a textbook. It was just a three ring binder with some paper in it. And uh, we just write down. We write it, build up our set. So um, I think like the fourth week we were in there because people we had like a big class where people dropped out. Cause yeah. it, it it challenged you, man. It really challenged you. And you know, if you look at me, you know, I don't look like I'm funny. I don't look like I'm a comedian. I look like I can do whatever. Um, that fourth week, man, we got down about we went from like a class of like maybe twenty five people to like maybe a good seven, mm. eight. And uh, that fourth week, they said, you know what? For it's called, we got to get ready. So we got to actually perform in front of a crowd. So they sent us on a Thursday to like this comedy club called Kazi's in Newport News. Bruh, I, can I cuss up here? Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I almost shitted on myself. <laughs> oh, like it literally bubbles in my stomach today. Because this class on a Sunday, so I'm like, oh, I can't. Oh. I don't know if you ever got nervous before when you start asking to go somewhere, you start asking everybody and their mom, hey, you wanna, you know, you wanna come with me to go okay. So my boy came up with me in the class. We went up there and we put our name on the list. And it's I the class, I was the first one to go. I was so nervous, bro. I was so fucking nervous. So the fifth week they put us in like this simulation. And in the simulation, it's called Hell Week. So you go to like different ways how the crowd reacts. You know, you got the town hall meeting where people jump over everything. You got the overzealous uh, uh, audience with one person trying to flirt with you and say wild stuff to you in the crowd, bar fight. And I had, if you're the strongest one in the classroom, they gave you the silent treatment where you literally are telling jokes and ain't nobody listening. You just got to keep spitting them jokes. Right. And let me tell you, that's some hurtful shit, boy. When you go through that, 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 that quiet. So uh, I went through quiet. Boy, I was so happy to get out that quiet one. And then eventually, as time went past, um, that last week we graduated, everybody was, you know, he put us in order about who was doing what. And he gave me 10 minutes. So my first set was 10 minutes. If you watch, it's still on my YouTube channel. I still got it. And uh, I remember the lady that was dropped out of my class sat there, and I was telling the jokes, and I said something. 
and she you can hear me giggle so hard like laugh because her tooth fell out <laughs> on the on the thing and I seen it because you you I'm like ugh <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I mean I was like, her tooth fell out so yeah that that's how it went yeah, that's how it went the tooth fell out Cause I made her laugh so hard, and I didn't think I was that funny, man. But I was so relieved to get it over with. I mean, it was dope. I had fun. That's what's up, man. That I don't know if I could be telling a joke and somebody and they two fall out in front of me. I'm gonna be dead. Like I'm gonna be cracking up. Like I might even throw some jokes that the two came out. They're gonna be like, "Why are you laughing?" And I might have some jokes for, for the two coming out because it's like. That would be so hilarious. Like sitting there, you telling jokes, you like, all right, I'm kind of at the end of this, and bam, a two far. Oh man. And then you say, y'all, like I ain't almost like being been nervous to where my stomach bubble like that, but I've definitely been nervous to where like I'm like, oh, I don't even want to do this. Like, I don't know why I signed up for this. Like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Like, that's not, like the first time I went to go speak at a school. I was nervous. Like, I was so nervous. And I even, I kind of messed up. Like, the kids kind of threw me off. They was kind of disruptive. And I was like, all right, bet. Let's go hoop. I was like, all right, we can go hoop. They, the teacher was like, yeah, we'll, we can go to the gym. And that changed everything because I had to make an adjustment because I was like, this is going downhill. This isn't going <laughs> the way I thought it was going to go. And I had to be like, all right, let me make an adjustment. But that's dope. I really didn't know, like, about like comedian school, but like some of the stuff you say, like it makes sense of what you have to do. Cause if you go somewhere and you, nobody saying nothing, you still got to do your show. You still, it don't matter if you got an hour, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, it, you got to do your set. Yeah, if you don't do your set, you might as well lost that money. Cause say you get paid, you get paid, whatever, maybe a couple hundred and you go out there and nobody laugh. You still got paid. Yeah. So, what kind of comedian are you? Are you a person that can tell stories that's funny? Are you a jokester? Like, what kind of, like, when someone comes to your show, what kind of can, can they expect, like, from you? Man, I'm like a, a hybrid jokester and storyteller. Um, Because all the stand-up that I watch on a consistent basis, and when I actually left and graduated comedy school, I still continue clicking classes at this thing called Performance Playground. If you're ever in the 757, and you're not doing anything on a Thursday, Performance Playground is where you want to be at, right? So I was still taking classes, and I was just learning game. So I rely, I rely on my intellect um, on the mic. You know, I, I really rely on my, like, putting jokes over your head type shit that makes you think. I'm not a big fan of the physical comedy where you see, and I've been, boy, I've been on the stage when I've seen people do that, like, before they do it, like, hump the stage, take the microphone, use it as the penis, and I got to touch the microphone after them. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't do that stuff, man. I can't do it. I just now got comfortable using um, the F word on the stage because when we was in class, we couldn't use the F to seal the N word. So I just now started using the F word after three years of me being on the stage. As you start feeling comfortable using the F word on the stage, so you, you'll see intellect. You're gonna see hear about me 
talk about my jobs that I've worked, my family, friends, my dating life, some of these conspiracy theories I got in my head. Like if I think Rapunzel was black, would that print still climb up on the side of her head? No, because she's not, you know, like stupid shit all the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey man, you a fool. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, that's uh I like that. I like that. I, I think I'm a good storyteller just because like the stuff that I go through, like I see some of the craziest stuff. Like I don't think I know there's people out in the world that see it, but I see the most randomest, craziest things. No matter like it could be just random stuff. Like I was outside talking to somebody and I'm in the I'm in the on the sidewalk. So I got a sidewalk, I got some grass, I got some grass here. So I'm walking up and down, I'm talking. And it, I live right across the street from a gas station. So people, you know, they about to turn and I hear yelling. The driver get the stealing on the passenger. Just rah, rah, rah. I'm like, it's two white ladies. I'm like, what the heck? They stop and they drive off. And I'm like, what in the world just happened? And that's like, I just like, that's just the crazy stuff that I see. I see so many fights. I see the craziest stuff. And I just try to, because with speaking, I got to tell a story. So I, I think I can tell a funny story or I can tell a serious story. So I'm a, I'm a storyteller. So um, who do you study? Who do, who do you watch? Like, because I watch a lot of, like, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I watch stand-up. I like to laugh. I'm funny. Like, so I like to laugh. So I watch some stand-up. Who, who are people that you like as you getting in the game? Who are you watching, like, and studying? My study is like gonna be like a little different, right? So for comedy, you know, I grew up as like in like anybody that didn't, you know, a lot of people did kings of comedy. I grew up a blue collar comedy to a person. So Jeff Foxworth, Ron White, Larry the Cable Guy, that's what I loved. And then I eventually gravitated towards kings of comedy after the success that it had. Um, so, uh. I actually had him on my show, and I actually did his show for him, and that was Michael Kaya. He's a uh, and D. Militant. Michael Kaya and D. Militant are two people that I've studied religiously. I've watched their sets. I've studied them, and then when you study, for me, like even though I've seen uh, Michael Kaya on Def Comedy Jam thousands of times, I actually now am at the point where I will watch it on mute. And the reason I watch it on mute is because I want to see his interaction, his stage presence, the way that he carries himself. Um, him, them two, and if a lot, a lot of people really sleep on him, they just associate him with Wild Not Eighty Five South Show. It's yeah. Carlos Miller. Yep, <laughs> that's my dog right there. If you ain't seen Heart of the City or Kevin Hart presents on Tubi, his thirty minutes that he did. From start to finish, it's just like how um, keeping it real. How I do my comedy, it's a smooth jazz conversation. You know, I'm, it's not like you, I'm going up there telling jokes. You're like, man, what is he talking about? This dude really telling this. You don't believe him, but then you believe because this is this is life. Like you said, yeah. those two women that was, yeah. Fighting, see, that sounds like a, a typical day in Norfolk because, like. I remember one time I was coming home from a show and I saw a dude have a whole rap battle by himself. 
So he was like going against himself. Then he was the referee <laughs> and the crowd at the same time. So <laughs> that- <laughs> Hey man, that, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Cause so where I go, where my school is that I work at is on the south side of Indianapolis. So like you see a lot of crackhead activity. And so when we going home, we like one day we just kept seeing it's a whole dude. He's singing, he dancing. Then you know how the top of the garbage got that hole. Mm-hmm. The dude got the top of the garbage on and doing a hula hoop in the middle of downtown. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I'm like, I see a lot. And I ain't going to lie. I live in the hood. My next door neighbor, I don't know. He's some type of drug addict. So I, I didn't see him argue with himself. Like, full-fledged, you would think, like, you'd be like, dang, who he talking to? Oh, he talking <laughs> to himself. Cussing himself out, talking about what he going to do. Like, you all right over there? Like, what's going on, buddy? So I definitely see the crackhead activity. Yeah. And the prostituting. Like, uh, listen, I live like when I first moved here, it's six o'clock in the morning. What is going on? Right when I say across, so my house is right, like right there, right here, and literally 10 steps you're on the sidewalk. I didn't see people get women get dropped off in one car, she get picked up in another. This is during COVID. I'm like, um, prostitution ain't got COVID on it? Like, what's going on, y'all? <laughs> I know it's COVID out here, right? Like, I hope y'all strapping up. You're you going to get more than what you want for that $40. You're going to get a little bit more than, yeah. It's COVID and she prostitute? Okay. You're going to get something you can't um, recover from. This shit be real. Yeah, he was spitting so, too. He was spitting hard. Like, yeah, buddy. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, what's going on? And then he was like, ooh. And I wanted to join in so bad. And I was like, nah. Hey, I would have, I would have dang near recorded that. I would have had to record that. So, uh, people that I watch, Carlos definitely. I watch 85 South like all the time. Like, uh, like I watch them all the time because, like, like you said, Carlos is just somebody that's. A funny, funny from the hood. Like the stories he tell or the stuff he say. Like it's people that think like that. It's like he right. And then let's see who else I watch. Um, recently I watched Richard Pryor. I watched Kevin. I watched Kevin Hart and Mike Epps. But I watch. Uh, I watch anybody really. I give anybody a little shot. I can't think of what buddy name is. He just had a special on H. Uh, not HBO, but Netflix. Uh, light skinned dude. It was a good. It, he was funny. I seen it on Facebook. I can't think of what his name is, but uh, he's funny. Like I watch different people. I give people a shot, just like I do with music. Like uh, I remember Larry the Cable Guy. Um, so I watch, you know, different people. I actually go to a lot of comedy shows. Like I went, like I said, I went to go see Godfrey. Um, I went to. I seen Wildin' Out be or. Uh, not wilding out, what they call 85 South before they started 85 South. So I've seen it. I go to comedy shows a lot. So I don't really, I would say I don't study them, but I just watch them and see how they like present their jokes. Like, um, like, like you said, you, Carlos, y'all similar. Like, you know, Kevin Hart's a different, Kevin Hart's more naturally funny than stand up funny to me. And some people can't, you know, I think I'm probably just naturally funny and I probably, I don't think I could do stand up. I don't know. So when you did your first uh, stand up, 
How did it go? Like when you're not in school, like after school. After school, I was going to this pub called Southern Flair, and I was one up there to go tell the same joke. So it was like a Monday, and if you ain't never been to Virginia's comedy scene, you got a lot of Christian comedians or Christian based, and you can't be dirty, but you can still be vulgar. Like it's, it's different here. Yeah. So it went good. Um, but then that third week, boy, soft man, dude cut my hair now. Uh, what the, the my barber now, man, he it was like these. Like these four white drunk cats, so like two ladies and these dude military cats. You know, you had a bar. What you gonna spend? Drunk, loud people. You know what I mean? So what we was performing, there wasn't even a stage, just a section of the the restaurant, and then the bar is right to the right of us, jukebox to the left. They started talking up our jokes, bro. It turned to a fist fight. I literally saw the dude that cuts my hair now. Shout out the move. Take about three dudes on by himself and one. Dang. And I felt bad because I had just invited these cats that came out of the comedy school after me to come to that open mic. Ah, he's like, oh, but they ain't my first fight. They ain't my first fight though. They ain't my first bar fight since I've been in comedy. I didn't yeah. seen people get swung on. I didn't seen the hecklers get knocked down after the fight. I didn't seen some. I didn't had a chicken wing thrown at me before, so I must have did good because. Them chicken wings is expensive here, so I done, I done did well. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. You you throw a chicken wing, you 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 yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm throwing a chicken wing. Like I, I might throw the bone, but I ain't throwing with the meat on it. No, I ain't on that. But that's crazy that like I mean I get I was gonna ask that if like a heckler has got to the point where you had to you know throw hands because like people I don't know why people do that like. I don't like if I was at a show and I was sitting up front and somebody in the comedian was joking on me. I'm definitely gonna joke back. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna have jokes. Like I'm not gonna sit there, but I'm not gonna keep messing with them. Like I understand it's a show. I'm gonna let them keep going. We might have our little segment and we keep moving. So I never really understand that why people do that. But if you sit in the front seat at a show, you know you might get roasted. So if you wear some dumb, if you got some silly. And your people ain't tell you that's your fault. That's your fault. So, are you the type of person that can? Um, uh, are you the type that when you're on stage you joke on the crowd, or you you don't you leave them alone? I did. I, I ooh, oh shit. Uh, I have, and it one. It's been like maybe one two times it ain't working my favor. Uh. I do it sometimes just to joke around, but I don't go go in because I know with my training and then all the stuff that I've watched, like I can go for the juggler if it gets to that level. But like I had it one time, this lady, bro, she and it's at the same mic from the this showcase that I did, and this lady for three weeks, bro, just heckled me and my homeboys. Just every week had some smart shit to say out of her mouth. And then I remember I said, yo, her legs are like two rolled up sleeping bags. She had two, she had burnt marshmallows for a wig. You know. <laughs> he said her legs look like two sleeping bags rolled up. And it was a Monday. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> hey, I know she was 
Yeah, they were pissed. And they cut the mic off on me for roasting her that bad. Because it was like, you shouldn't be doing that. And, uh, this. and I was like, bro, she started it. She, y'all not taking my side. So I think maybe after like three weeks, that mic just closed down. And um, I remember going to my my then teacher before he moved. And I told him about the situation. He was like, man, and this is what I, this is some advice I get to anybody that's trying to do entertainment. I'm trying to get into it. Stop trying to bring heaven into hell. Entertainment industry is hell. You know, so these so-called Christians and stuff like that, it's great that you have the faith, but don't try to become like this religious hypocrite and you trying to go into a hell infested environment, which is entertainment. That, that entertaining, being a content creator, and you should know, you know too from being a podcast is is literal hell. You know, you, you go through things where people probably don't show up. They show up late. The conversation's dry. You know how that shit go. I know yeah. it from my podcast, too. You know, you ready to throw hands. You telling people, hey, man, my podcast episode just came out. You should check it out. Oh, I don't watch podcasts, but then they're going to share some shit from, like, another page. That's the same topic as what you didn't say. Man, man. That... That that be the worst. You be like, okay, I I said the same thing just because, and it's like just because that person has a title or they got some type of money. Like I said the same thing. Me and you are sitting more similar than this person, but you'll retweet or you'll reshare their stuff. But and I like I got to the point where it's like, oh well, whoever like it or whatever, they gonna share it. Like I stopped depending on support from those close because. They, I mean, they sometimes they just don't. <clears throat> it just it just happens that way. So, um, where do you see yourself? Um, you know, with comedy, where do you see yourself going? You see yourself getting a special. You see yourself. You know, how do you see this for you? Special. I'm working on a special now. So, uh, comedy. Uh, man, I see myself in the next years. I don't know. Actually, making income that's going to surpass the job that I work and then some, so I can end up leaving. I can see me doing entertainment full time. You know, there's different realms. You know, trying to not trying to because we both doing it. Like I peeped your, both your pages out. Um, we both trying to just brand. So just branding myself to the point where it's like, all right, well, I know Rome Davis going to be on the microphone. So I know this shit about to be fire, you know what I mean? And then doing some of the, the thing that Michael Kaya did for me, because I was two years in the comedy game. I was a year and a half in podcasting, and he gave me an interview, you know? Nori Davis, co-signed by Dave Chappelle, gave me an interview. And Michael Kaya actually was my first comedian that I actually, professional comedian, that I actually performed from. So I, that's something I want to do. I want to actually do what he did. Like, hey, bro, you know, I got to show. And that's what I'm trying to do now, actually, with the with the, with the podcast now. Just, you know, show love back, you know, get my blessings back that I didn't got already. Uh, I'm definitely the same way. Like, you know, people give you opportunity. Like, when I get on somebody else's, I'm like, I thank you for the opportunity you know, for me to be able to share and like you said, build your brand because you never know who might be listening. You never know who they know. Like I had a couple guests 
on my show and we didn't done other stuff where I didn't got other opportunities from that guest and just being, you know, having people on the show, everybody can't get on it on your show. So like people stop just cause somebody got a podcast and you know, them don't mean you getting on cause some of y'all ain't got shit to talk about. Like I hate when people, when people reply to those, uh, you know, when you put a post like I did and I got you and they'd be like, Oh, I'm interested. All right. What's, what do you talk about? Uh, what do you want me to talk? No. What do you talk about? You like, you should know what you talk about. Do you got a story? Do you have a specific topic? Like, I'm like, man, if you don't get out my inbox, you don't even know what you talk, man. Like, I hate that. Like you supposed to know and be ready to know, like be able to, and somebody could be like, all right, I need a guest tonight. I got it. What I, this is what I talk about. This is my story, or we could. You got a topic you want me to talk about? I could talk about it. Like you got to be like ready. You can't be uh uh. That's like if somebody be like, hey, I need you to come and um perform tonight. I need you know we had a comedian drop out. You got some? You got material. I'm sure you ain't got to go pick up no paper, none of that. You got it. Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm, how much you say I, I'm getting paid? Oh okay, I'll be there. Cause you got to be ready. You can't just say you want to do something or get into a field because your friends do it, stay in your lane. Like, everybody different. Everybody different. Like, I know I'm funny. People laugh, but I'm not going to be like, oh, let me go be a comedian. Nah, that might not be my lane. Yeah. That might, that might not. And I might go up there and, it, and boo, get your ass off the stage. And I'm going to be like, yep, let me go back to teaching and podcasting. Let me go back to what I was doing before this. But every everybody's different. So, um, I don't want to be like tell a joke or nothing because that sounds kind of mm-hmm. corny. Yeah. So um, where like <clears throat> do you see yourself dominating your state, your city? Nah. Or do you see yourself like going to the to, to wherever, you, you know, where the comedian is at? You trying to go to as I think it's either for us as black people. It's like you can go people, you know, say Atlanta because that's where everybody at. That's where you can build. Or you go to L.A. and you got to deal with, you know, the, the other color and all that bullshit that go along with in the funny business. So where where do you want to go? Is it you want to go your own route or are you trying to go you know, to Hollywood and go at that route? Man, I go my own route because, like, funny is funny no matter what color you is. Like, people say, you know, not trying to say anything oh, bad, but, like, some people say, like, oh, man, black people get more love in Atlanta than L.A. No. Your jokes are universal. You just gotta know your lane. You know, like if like let me prime this up with Kevin Hart, right? If you watch Kevin Hart stuff, it's like Bob Hart, Bob Hart stuff. It's it's safe in a sense. It's not trending like you better talk about politics and shit like that. You know, he's gonna talk about his family, his friends, you know, his life. Um just, just, just shit that he didn't see, right? So his shit can go all fifty states, go overseas, go up in Canada, whatever, because that's just what his jokes is. So, as far as the realm that I see, I'm man, I don't want to like toot my own horn or you know come off cocky. I don't even get love in my own city. You feel what I'm saying? And because the way that this game works is because it's like golf, it's a one man sport. You got to go your own way. So. To any comedian out there, don't focus on just like comedy clubs, try and go to the bars, jump on open mics. Don't be afraid to drive two, three hours just to get five minutes in. You know, 
it happens. Record everything that you do. Play it back. Don't put everything online. Put like a snippet like I do sometimes. Put a yep. snippet of what you do. And then, you know, the, the shit that you have is going to be unedited. And that's what comedy clubs like to see. So take, you know, get some bubble mailers, a little template letter, put your information in with your social media. Put the flash drive in there and start mailing them shits out, and they'll start knocking. Join these Facebook groups like how we met on the Facebook group. Respond back to those shows. Jump on as many podcasts as you can to try and get your name out there when you're not doing a comedy show. Um, so I want to dominate worldwide. I want to go worldwide. I want to be able to take my jokes, my material, my content, myself, my brand, and, you know, Go to Just for Laughs in Canada. Go to Atlanta Comedy Theater. Go to, I actually done LA before, but go back to LA. Go to my, my goal one day, honestly, is to get in New York and just do one open mic at the Comedy Cell or Gotham Comedy Club. One of them clubs is, we would get Rome Davis. That's my goal because, you know, it's the sarcastic asshole jokes up there. It's like the shits that go over your head. And that's what my jokes is, is the intellect, sarcastic, asshole jokes. That's what I mean. You know, come on now. Who else don't think about if Rapunzel was black or what's the shit I said the other week? I'm tr- I'm working on it. I was like, yeah, I put everything in the air fryer, hamburgers. I put steaks in there. Everything I eat, even pussy go in the air fryer. You know, like I say stupid <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Just, that's, that's what I want to do. Mm. <laughs> that, <coughs> my bad, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny as hell. But and and I like that because that's kind of how I am. I'm a I'm a lovable asshole, and <laughs> everybody can take my sarcasm because it's like this. Cause some stuff just it'd be like this is common sense. Like, why would you ask me that, or why would you say that to me? Like, <laughs> that makes no sense at all. I was gonna say, <clears throat> excuse me, can you give three uh, tips? But you kind of already gave some tips to people that are um, comedians. <clears throat> excuse me, um, but I would say, give three tips to people that are starting off, like uh, <clears throat> that are on the fence. Because I don't know if a lot of people know about comedy school or stuff of that. Like, you're on the fence. You think you're funny. You might want to do it. You don't. They might not want to know about the comedy school route. What What are some, like, three things that people can do that want to get in a comedy game where they can get recognized? Not what you just said, but in a different, like, you know, in a different way. Well, one, just don't tell everybody everything that you're about to do. Don't let them know your move. If you're going to be a comedian or trying to get into the comedian, do an open mic, go. Go do it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk to everybody about it. And two, don't limit yourself to say that you're a comedian because now you're creating content. So you're a content creator, whether you're doing skits, stand-up, both, or whatever, and always have a different like lane. Um, in your lanes that you do, and the lanes that you do, um, not don't just focus on <laughs> the microphone and the stage. Don't just focus on doing the skits. Do other shit. Because naturally, because you're either acting out your own set, you become an actor. Because you're writing jokes, you're a writer. You see how Seinfeld blew up with his shit. Martin did too. And try and do more than one thing. 
you know, because you're not going to want to tour, do a, a 30 city tour all the time on the road. You want to get residual incomes, write a sitcom or podcast. And that's another thing I got to get out of the habit of saying too. I got to stop saying podcast because it's not a podcast. I don't want to limit myself to say podcast. I'm going to say talk show now. I got to get out the habit of saying that shit. Carlos Miller said it on Earn Your Leisure, uh, his Earn Your Leisure interview, and on Big Facts um, podcast. You know, get in your lane, man, and start focusing on it. But please, by all means, I'm going to keep repeating. I know I'm rambling. Don't tell everybody everything that you want to fucking do. You're going to have a hater out there that's going to try and talk you out of it. You're going to have somebody that's going to... I remember I came out of comedy school, and I stopped talking to the chick. She didn't come to my graduation, but she kept telling me, oh, I'm funny. My friends say I should do stand-up. Well, go fucking do it. Go do it overnight. Go fucking do it. Don't tell me what you're doing. She says, well, I'm not going to go this week. I said, well, whenever you're ready, I'll buy you a drink and I'll come pick you up. Ain't never did it. You know, I started my podcast. Oh, my friend said I should have a podcast. Okay, go fucking start the podcast. Don't tell me what the fuck you want to do. Go do it. She, That's the competition. Some people are, are looking to bring you down because they see you actually chasing your dreams. And also to my comedians, um, don't let your jobs know that you're a comedian because you're going to have some co-workers. And I got one in my job now that I can bust his ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's gonna try and roast and then get in their feelings when you get the best of them. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I have professional training, literally. Leave me alone. Don't don't come with the jokes because I'm gonna say some shit. And then next thing you know, 10 minutes down the line, I'm getting called in the office because I done slipped up and said that uh every time you go late in, every time you get out your bed, it, I know your pillow's having a conversation about domestic violence because your big ass heels. Sh- I'll say some crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Leave, me no. Leave me Hell alone. Leave me alone. I don't like I don't like I don't like when people are just ramp they oh I'm a roast. You like, no, like I'm gonna give you three times to get a roast in. And I'm gonna warn you the first time. I'm gonna give you that stall on the rope. Because I'm going to light you up. You know what I mean? This is what I do three, four times out the week. So leave me alone on the road. I appreciate them tips because those are very helpful for uh, people, um, not just people in, com- in comedy, but people that want to create content. Those are uh, some good things. I feel the same way. Like, don't come roasting it. Don't come. Don't think just because. Don't think it's not going to go the way you think. I be trying to tell people, especially like because I, I work in schools and you know women, they, oh, got the little joke if I ain't got a haircut or something. I'm like, listen, you might want to go find you something to do. I remember uh, this girl, she was trying to joke on me. I was like, man, if you don't get your all seasons weave out of here, <laughs> man, listen. <laughs> I was on the, I, I worked at, it was when I was younger, I worked at McDonald's. And so I'm on the headset. So it's other people in the headset. And I said this, they couldn't even take orders no more. They freaking dying laughing. Cause I'm like, man, you done had the same weave in summer, winter, fall, all of it. Like it's time to switch. She was so mad. I'm like, you shouldn't, don't try to joke because of the way I look. Cause I'm telling you, it's not the type of party you want. <laughs> That's like, it's not. Um, but man, I appreciate you. You are, you're a funny dude. You wasn't <clears throat> trying to be funny. 
and slipped some jokes in there. We had a real conversation with you. And I learned some stuff about um, comedy. Like I, it, like I said, I didn't know it was a school. Learn different stuff that you have to do. And it's not easy. Like, just because you think you're funny, don't think you can get on that stage because you embarrass yourself. But before we get out of here, before you tell people how they can uh, reach you, um, go see you, go, you know, check out you online or whatever. Um, I need a quote. I always ask my guests for a quote. It could be your quote. It could be a quote you saw. It could be a quote you live by. But give us a quote. Man, be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> That's from LeBron James. Once you be, don't get comfortable, but just be uncomfortable being comfortable. Like be comfortable being uncomfortable. Cause that's what, this is what this shit is. You feel what I'm saying? This shit between me and you, it used to be illegal back in the day. Now our voices have changed the fucking culture. So be comfortable being uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to try some, some new shit. If it don't work out, do it again. Plain and simple. I love it. I love it because, yeah, it's sometimes, especially when you try something new, it's uncomfortable. Especially when you got to do everything on your own. When you got to edit, when you got to make the flyers, when you got to set the interview up, you got to remember to put it on the calendar. You got to do everything. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but like it's rewarding. So be uncomfortable being, be comfortable being uncomfortable because it's rewarding. So before we get out of here, tell people how they can reach you online, how they can check you out. Man, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at RomeXDiddy, um, just like at the bottom of the screen. Check out the show that I have. No idea. We'll be, I'll be getting Eric up there. I just got to get some affairs in order. Um, that's at No ID Media TV. That's also on um YouTube, click the link in my bio, boom, like, share, comment, subscribe, rate, but also support what Eric is doing as well, too, because we need more black content as a whole. You feel what I'm saying? We don't have that black positive content. Like I'm, I know it's your show, because we usually get the ones that associate us with drugs and poverty and thug life. Us uplifting each other, actually having positive black content, it's actually what we need. So we need more black talk shows, black podcasts, cooking channels, kids shows. We need that shit because we don't have that shit now. Now we got fucking power and empire and family business. This is the shit that we have. We need more of these talking conversations between black people to see how they're getting their journey. Plain and simple. Support black content creators. Support black content. Positive black content in general, plain and simple. Appreciate that. Y'all heard how y'all can reach him, Rome, X, Diddy, everything. I have the, um, every, I have all the links in the show notes. Um, you can reach me on uh, Underdog Talk Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, on Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, YouTube, and then on any podcast platform, Underdog Talk Podcast at gmail if you got good things bad things if you want to be a guest if you want to find more out about a guest whatever the case may be um you got any closing words nah man just keep going your, your thing i see you. I, like i said in the your page i done instagram stalks you a couple of times so just keep doing your thing and for those that's like listening or going to be on the show 
just support the man. If he sends the collab for the, the post, we post the shit. God damn, accept it. Because like I said, we need more of this. Appreciate it. And on that note, peace. One love. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.